the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen, and the uh, second most important political office, maybe the first, the radio talk show host. (laughs) That's me. (laughs) And uh, my co-host this week, uh, uh, my my name is Greg Britton, if you don't recognize the voice. Uh, my co-host uh, this week is uh, Doug Hauser, also with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and also the, the statewide coordinator for the California School Choice Foundation. We're certainly going to be diving into that key issue as well. You look around. I mean, we were, we were, we were kind of bantering before we got our recording underway to, on, on Thursday, and it's like one thing after another is the, the Rittenhouse trial and the undermining of the rule of law in that case. Reparations for illegal aliens, uh, mask requirements for school children who are at 0.0% risk of the disease, the lying about the, the vax. And I was just watching, there's a great video I saw this morning of all these professional athletes that are if not either dropping dead of a heart attack or at least they're suffering heart problems and they can and they're even on the field they'll just collapse on the field and why is that why is that happening you you haven't talked about the wild exaggerations about the January 6th event that's just lies. continuously ongoing lies and exaggerations and uh now this guy has to get 4 years at least you know for what they can't point to a single thing he actually did other than walk around in a crazy costume uh, you know but right. 4 years is not enough meanwhile you know we know what's happening murderers are being let out of the jails in New York City just all the time right in LA the the, the George Soros DA uh, is re- is releasing a murderer six years into his 50-year right. sentence. Exactly, exactly. And what I, and what I think is two articles, two things. One is I read an article, this is really a giant war operation. You just batter people, hit them left, hit them right, hit them in the center, punch them, kick them, figuratively, sometimes literally, figuratively, so they, they lose their bearings. They lose any sense of what norma, normalcy is. They, they, it's, just, it's a constant state of crisis, and of course, if there's a crisis, then you, you need to surrender your freedom, and the government needs to have more power to deal with this crisis. Right. My wife says it's we are constantly putting out brush fires everywhere. Well, let's talk about election integrity and how they, the cheating is just so blatant. And yet the media continuously says, oh, it's it's been debunked. It's been debunked. You know, everything was debunked until it's actually proved once again. The Wuhan lab leak theory was a debunked theory, right? Uh, repeated endlessly. But of course, now we know that has the majority chance of being the true explanation. The idea that the virus came from a wet market, which just happened to be located next to a lab, which was working on that same COVID virus. Funded uh, by Anthony Fauci. Funded by, yeah, our own tax dollars. Uh, you know, that was a debunked idea. But of course, it's ridiculous. And we remember that uh, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, they don't work. 
right? But now we know they do work. Uh, India declared the other day that their largest province that they have population-wise is completely COVID-free, and they say it's all because of ivermectin. It is not because of vaccinations. So I think I trust India a little more than I trust our own uh, uh, Centers for Disease Control. That's a tragic situation to be in, that we have to rely on Israeli research and Indian research instead of our own research, which has been so heavily politicized. It's just disgusting. Uh, as As a former biomedical researcher myself, and I was an absolute stickler for detail. Um, as far as I know, nothing uh, that I published on, under my name has ever been uh, disputed or argued with or, or you know, de-verified um, just because I was so much into the details and whatever the results were, that is what they actually were. But now everything has been incredibly politicized and it's a, it's a tragedy to me. It just makes me so sad for my former profession. Well, the entire medical establishment has prostituted itself to politics you know, regarding the regarding COVID. Right. It, uh, I realized it when they declared um, in the middle of last summer that it was okay for the BLM protest to take place because uh, racism was also a public health issue of equal importance to the COVID. And I said. I know the people that are making that decision. They are totally unqualified to make such a decision. That is not a medical decision whatsoever. And so for them to insert themselves there means they have a political agenda and they're putting the science aside. If they had been honest, they would have said, you know, if you get together for a giant Trump rally, that's a risk of spreading. But if you get together on the streets and you're all walking next to each other, you know, down a block for mile after mile, all shoulder to shoulder, that is also a risk of spreading the virus. If they'd been honest about it, they could have retained much more credibility. And who knows, maybe, you know, 100,000 people's lives or so could have been saved along the way. I mean, uh, nobody's really sure. I, 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 for one, do not totally believe these numbers that uh, 700,000 people died of COVID. I don't believe that for a second. Um, it's quite probable that 700,000 people died with COVID, but every time the data is examined, we find somebody who, you know, had uh, seven gunshot wounds and they died of COVID. Right. Or, they, or they, 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 they touched a positive for COVID, but uh, right. the, the immediate cause was lead poisoning. Yes. I, I know of cases myself where doctors have come to the uh, family of the person who died and actually said, may we put on the death certificate that he died of COVID? And these people said, did he or did he not? And they said, well, you know, it's not quite clear, but the hospital will get reimbursed a higher amount if he dies of COVID. And since it's not quite a clear case, we're asking your permission to do this. So this shows us that the numbers are all wildly exaggerated. My my estimate would be uh, that maybe, maybe 50 to 100,000 people actually died of COVID uh, in the United States, maybe worldwide a million people did, which sounds like a lot of people, but we got to remember that we got a 7 billion population. Well, how many people die every year? Yeah, yeah, right. And uh, as uh, as we biologists like to say, we got to remember that good health is just nature's way of having you die the slowest. Um, uh, Jim Morrison correctly pointed out nobody gets out of here alive. So, you know, the death rate is the same for everybody. It's one per individual. That, that's all you get. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we know the average age at death, for example, of people who died, quote unquote, of COVID is 76 years old, which is just about the average life expectancy in the United States anyway. Yeah, I read 78, but that's the, it's a heavily, it's, it's heavily uh, towards the older people. Right. The, as of, uh, there's a, there a, even CDC numbers, and this was back from August of 2020, only 6% of the people listed as COVID deaths died from COVID 
only. The rest of them had an average of 2.6 additional comorbidities, comorbidities causes of death. Exactly. And Italy, exactly. Italy just re- recalculated its, 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 uh, its COVID death numbers. And they changed the definition of that and went back and reduced it to 4 or 5% of what right. the previous number is. Right. So it leads to a larger issue, and that is truth and trust. Is can a free society exist without when you can't trust anybody? You can't trust the media. You can't trust the government. You can't trust corporations. You can't even you can't trust the medical establishment. You can't trust the science. You can't trust the big tech oligopolies um, that that censor and distort information constantly. Yeah, it's it's horrible. Um, one thing I would suggest to people is. Quite frequently, one one defense, it's not a total defense, but one defense is read the article. Quite frequently, I see the headline and I go, that can't be true. And then I read the article and it turns out the article says the headline is not actually true. And, you know, they've they've created a, a situation where if you're just scanning over the news and lightly absorbing it, you're getting a completely distorted impression of what's actually happening. So if mm. you see something that is of interest to you, please be sure to read the article. It's no guarantee that the article is telling the full truth, but at least you have a better chance of seeing uh, where the, the generalization is coming from. And you have to try to find your sources of information because every, anyone can get out now on the internet and they can post a video, they can post a meme, they can post an article saying X, Y, Z, and we all, have, we all have to be careful of accepting things that fit with what we already believe and particularly if it's some, oh, this helps my argument, this helps prove what I believe, so th- someone has just said fact X, purported fact X. This right. supports what I, I can go, I can go now use that, I can use that to say, aha, see, I'm right because this, this post over here says X. It's been cherry picked out of a whole bunch of things. And, and we it may know, be true. It may not be true. Right, right. But it may be just one example. You need to see multiple, multiple articles within my own area of expertise, which was uh, Alzheimer's disease. Um, there was an article published many what was years that? ago. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> there was an article published many years ago that seemed to implicate aluminum in Alzheimer's disease. And it was a rigorous article. It was done properly. It had a sample size, if I remember right, of about 40 uh, specimens that they used, 40 different people. And it seemed to show a link between aluminum and Alzheimer's disease. And people have been very, very nervous about that ever since. Um, But it's never been replicated. Other researchers who have looked at it, looked at it, said, you know, it might be an artifact of that particular location, that particular time, that particular data set. That's not to say that that researcher was, you know, doing something wrong, but the crux of scientific truth and of truth in general is reproducible results. If something is a one-shot event and it can never be duplicated, uh, to say the least, it's not useful. You can't use it in designing a medicine or designing an engine or designing a new product if it only worked that one time. So reproducibility is important, and that means one article or one study or one experiment never proves anything. True, and uh, you're right. If, if you say, if you say I did an experiment and this is what it did, if anyone else can't re- repeat that, then what of what value of what value is right. it? You have to question whether not necessarily you did something wrong, but whatever happened. And in that's fact, not. And in fact, traditionally, it had to be repeated by people who didn't believe it. If people who said, "Oh, I totally believe that," and yeah, my experiment showed the same thing, it didn't mean as much as somebody said, "You know, I really never believed that," but then I tried it, and I have to admit, he's correct. 
And so honest inquiry, people who, as Sherlock Holmes once said, are willing to follow wherever fact may lead them. That is the really important thing that we have to have. Mm. And that's true not only in the sciences, but in the law and in justice and in politics and setting policy and everything. We're coming up while we're just taking a break here very quickly. But as you may know, the neuroscience has proven that the part of the brain that makes the decisions is different than the part of the brain that rationalizes the decisions. That what, what, what people we typically do is we make a decision and then rationalize it, not reason and make a decision. Correct. Um, I once heard a lecture by Michael Gazaniga, who was the guy who actually discovered that fact. And um, he called the part of the brain that does the rationalization the organizer. And they had a way of inducing an answer in a question. It was uh, experiments in split brain patients where they would allow one half of the brain access to certain information and ask a question that the other part of the brain would answer. And it would know what the answer was. It would give the answer. But then when you asked, why did you have that answer? It would make up a reason. It wasn't the reason that, oh, yeah, my, the other half of my brain just saw that thing because it didn't know that. But it would make up a story to, to fill in what it didn't know. Yeah. Ben Shapiro, uh, one of his famous lines, taglines is, facts don't care about your feelings. <laughs> but conversely, feelings don't care very much about facts, and which is, about, which is a greater motivator of human behavior. Yeah, it generally is feelings, unfortunately, because your feelings change at a moment. And, and one person's feelings and another person's feelings can be in direct conflict, whereas the truth and the actual facts cannot be in conflict. I remember a discussion um, that Whoopi Goldberg had on the Bill O'Reilly show, and it was about the first Iraq war. And uh, I forget what the exact topic was, but, but uh, Mr. O'Reilly was saying, wait, this happened and that happened and that happened. And Whoopi Goldberg's answer was... I don't have to care about your facts. I know how I feel about this. And that's sort of a difficult one to argue with logically. But I thought, I wonder what would happen if he just pulled back his arm and punched her in the face with all his might and said, you know, you're right. I feel much better now. My feelings count also. And that was a really good feeling. And that's the problem with feelings is that your feelings change. We know that, uh, Ten years ago, we could look and the Democrats or 20 years ago, the Democrats were against illegal immigration. They knew that it was really bad for the environment because Americans use a lot of energy and use a lot of resources. So the more people who come here, the more resources, the more energy is going to be used. It's going to be a disaster for the environment. But then they figured out that a lot of these people vote for us. So suddenly the environment and the energy situation didn't become quite as important. Their feelings changed a lot. And now they love illegal immigrants. The more they can bring in, the happier they are. Exactly. Uh, let's take a pause here and hear from our sponsor, Ed Hoffman of Planet Home Lending, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman from Planet Home Lending and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. If you'd like to own a home and you need financing, or you'd like to refinance a home you already own, whether that's in California or one of these escape from California states, Arizona, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, Texas, Arkansas, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, Ohio, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, or Montana, I'm the guy you want to talk to. Or if you'd like to inquire into the, one of the most liberating financing tools for seniors, a reverse mortgage, you want to talk to someone who will guide you towards decisions based on your best interests, not theirs. Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. 
That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. My team and I will lead you to the best decision for you based on your short-term and your long-term goals. Again, for more information, call me at 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. I'm still a little tired and dizzy from the range and scope of our previous conversation in our first segment. Uh, but you now we kind of, kind of caught up with ourselves. Uh, we're recording here on, on Thursday, November 11th, which is, which is Veterans Day. And you think about that, that was that mark. Originally, it was Remembrance Day, or it was it marked the end of World War One, the eleventh, the eleventh hour of the eleventh day of the eleventh month, was when, when the official armistice, the end of World War One, went into effect. And you have to wonder how many, what, what percentage of American college students know that. Whew. I would I'd guess. Be, I bet the under two percent. Yeah, I was going to say less, definitely less than five percent. You know, no question. And that, and what the Legion two, we're going to be talking about uh, school choice uh, in our next segment. But what you wanted to tell about Veterans Day, and certainly we owe our veterans not only our thanks, but our support, and those that those that come back wounded uh, need our support. Need and uh, you know, you look at. Uh, Biden administration's planning to pay illegal aliens four hundred fifty thousand dollars, yeah, which is far more than what the uh, what a deceased service member's family right. gets, and they and their family is permanently separated right. from or an, their loved or a nine eleven hero or pretty much anybody. Yeah, or how and even beyond knowing the uh, the end of World War One, how many what percentage of American college students can place World War One within? 50 years of when it happened. Right. Or know who we fought. Right. Know who was on which side. Yeah. We, we, we know that they, when you ask them, they don't know who we fought in the Revolutionary War. Or, or World War the, II. Or the Civil War was between, you know, was it us against England or England. us against France or us against China? They, they have no idea. No clue. And these are the supposed leaders of tomorrow. It's absolutely frightening. And it's also intentional. But you have a story. Or actually, your, your wife... Jan has a, has a story about because her father right was in was it was was in the navy in in World War Two right we're both we're both uh, um, military babies my dad was in the Army Air Corps before there was an Air Force and her dad was in the pre World War Two Navy actually he left Ohio and joined the the Navy in the hopes of fighting Hitler before America was officially in the war but he was on the Indianapolis which many of you may know it's uh, mentioned in the movie Jaws it was the ship was torpedoed they were delivering the uh, nuclear bomb materials and the ship was torpedoed they, deli- they deli- delivered one of the nuclear bombs to right. the Mariana Islands for right. use in, on Japan. To, to Tinian Delay, right? And, and uh, they, they were torpedoed and they, everybody went in the water and sharks killed a huge number of them. It's a very, very dramatic story. And the but, ship was under radio silence, so even when it, after it was hit, following no, orders did not broadcast you know, right, SOS where we were, were sinking. They were, right, they were in the water for three days before they were rescued. Um, but her dad was not in on that. What happened was he had been on the ship for several years. He was a communications guy, and um, an opportunity came for him to... Uh, for, for somebody in communications to get extra training and advance in rank, 
And there were two of them. And uh, she would always tell this story. We would go to Veterans Day events and, and Memorial Day events. And she would always pick out some Navy guy and go and tell the story of her father. And uh, what happened was, so she was telling this story. And she said, so there were two men on the ship that happened to be, uh, you know, in this communications department. And they flipped a coin to see who would get to go. And her father won the flip and got to go. And one year we were saying this to this young uh, Navy veteran and he finished the sentence. He said, and your father left the ship and my uncle stayed on the Indianapolis. And it was like, what of all the Mm -hmm. cemeteries we could have been at Mm -hmm. and of all the Navy veterans who were there, this one happened to be sitting behind us and his uncle was on the same ship at the same time as my wife's father. And uh, it was very dramatic for her and very emotional. She had never really thought of the person on the other side of the coin flip. Um, you know, she'd always thought of, you know, how lucky he was to, to live because that other guy had died. And it turned out this this gent had created, he never knew his uncle. Obviously, his uncle had died before he was born. He was a, uh, a Vietnam veteran. And he had created a web page honoring his uncle with a lot of photographs of him on the ship and on shore leave and things like that, that the uncle had saved up and his father had saved. Um, and we went to that webpage and looked and there was, uh, my wife's dad, you know, who is now deceased, but you know, they were hugging each other. They were, you know, drunken sailors on shore leave and they were on ship showing them, you know, over their, over their posts doing what they do, or at least pose doing what they do. And it was really, really dramatic for her. And she went and looked in her own scrapbook, her father's scrapbook and his reminiscences. And there was this other guy right there. And so you think of all the people in the United States who celebrate Veterans Day and all all the ceremonies there are all across the country for us happening to sit right next to or right in front of this guy who was the nephew of that very guy from that ship. It just shows how we are all interconnected, how we the, the United States is in a way like a big family that we have to all take care of each other. I've often thought that uh, many people, especially, you know, of our political persuasion, tend to say our rights come from God. And that's true to a degree. But. If our rights really, really, you know, in their ultimate source came from God, then all humans would have these rights. And we know that all humans do not have these rights. There are many people all across the world that do not have the right of free speech and the right of self-defense and the right of freedom of religion. Like here in America. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Increasingly. Yeah, increasingly we're losing them. But the reason we have them is because of the military men who fought in the Revolutionary War and the War of 1812 and the Civil War and World War I and World War II to, uh, to acquire and to retain those rights. And that's an important, important thing for us to remember, that these are not universal things. I, I defy almost anybody to go live in almost any foreign country you would care to pick, live there for a couple of years and see what it's like. And we know that the vast majority of people become homesick. They want to come back to the United States. They want a due process of law. If they're ever accused of a crime, they want the right to have their freedom of religion. They want limited taxation. They want liberty. They want the things that our ancestors came here for and, and immigrants have come here for all this time. And, uh, you know, it's really important to remember that we owe that to the military people who have served and sacrificed for it. We certainly do, but, Equally important to maintain a free country, uh, the military defends us from external threats. But to maintain a free country equally requires a citizenry that understands 
their freedom, understands their role as citizens. How, I mean, how often we open our program and um, almost every segment of it with quoting Justice Lewis Brandeis, that the most important political office is that of the private citizen. And ultimately, the, all the things, some of the things we've talked about, the decline of the rule of law, the infringements on free speech, the wide open border, the... Uh, Build Back Better bill that's pending in Congress that would uh, raise the debt and raise inflation. And you can go down the list, the, 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 the VAX policy, the VAX mandates, and so on and so on, is due to not enough people fulfilling the obligations of their most important political office. So maybe even more so than the external threats is our liberty and freedom is threatened internally and that this current generation has been dumbed down mm-hmm. to not understand that, to not understand our history, to not understand how a republic works is a greater threat than the external. That's right. I mean, was it Ronald Reagan who said, excuse me, liberty is only one generation away from extinction? And we're at least halfway through uh, that generation. <laughs> That's all the time we have in this segment. Uh, stay tuned for the exciting second half of Unite, i.e. Radio. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman from Planet Home Lending and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. If you'd like to own a home and you need financing, or you'd like to refinance a home you already own, whether that's in California or one of these escaped from California states, Arizona, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, Texas, Arkansas, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, Ohio, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, or Montana, I'm the guy you want to talk to. Or if you'd like to inquire into the one of the most liberating financing tools for seniors, a reverse mortgage, you want to talk to someone who will guide you towards decisions based on your best interest, not theirs. Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. My team and I will lead you to the best decision for you based on your short-term and your long-term goals. Again, for more information, call me at 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. Maybe if we ever have our own on our website, we'll, we'll, we'll post the, the, the off-air discussion we had, which was, a, which was a great interest and amusement to the two of us, but maybe not so much for our listening audience. Uh, the uh, thought leader, one of the great thought leaders of the Democrat Party, Vladimir Lenin, said that, give us the child for eight years and it will be a Bolshevik forever. And his thought leader, Karl Marx, said that a people without a heritage are easily persuaded. Any nation to survive has to reproduce itself biologically, which is not happening. And that's kind of beyond this, at least for today, that's probably that's going to be beyond the scope of our discussion, but also culturally, historically, the principles and values of that country, the things that make 
America, America, or France, France, or Japan, Japan, have to also be reproduced. And a large part of that job has fallen to the government-run schools. And that may have worked out for a while, okay, but it certainly is not now. And uh, we have a clip here of someone talking to the Loudoun County, Virginia School Board about her her daughter's experiences in the government-run schools. My children are now in private school and are thriving. We had specifically moved into haste out of LCPS due to the swift and uncompromising political agenda of Superintendents Williams, Ziegler, and and the school board that have forced upon us. First, it was in early spring of 2020 when my six-year-old somberly came to me and asked me if she was born evil because she was a white person, something she learned in a history lesson at school. Then you kept the schools closed for a year and a half despite the science indicating that it was safe for kids to return. And now you've covered up a rape, then arrested, humiliated, and falsely accused her parents of being domestic terrorists. I wish I could return my kids to LCPS. Private school is expensive, and I want my kids to be able to walk home from school with their friends in their own community. I refuse to allow you to destroy our schools. They are not your schools. They are our schools. You all should be ashamed, and you should have the moral courage to admit you are wrong and step down. And what we see is is not only this indoctrination, and now we've added on to the anti-American history they teach, is this... uh, whether they, they, of course, they say we don't officially teach critical race theory, and they may not. That term may or may not be in the curriculum. But what they're doing is they're teaching the children to judge and treat other people based on the color of their skin, and that is racism, and that is disastrous for for the country. Is when people th- start thinking in these racial terms, rather than what did George Floyd do. What did what did the what did the officer do? It was it was it's racialized. So of course he must be motivated by the the color of your skin. You see everything through that prism, right? And as Dennis Prager points out, it's it's not just you know in events in the news. It's in your personal life. If you know somebody's race, that is just about the least important thing you could possibly know about them. It doesn't tell you whether they're intelligent or dumb. It doesn't tell you whether they're good or bad. It doesn't tell you whether they're honest or a crook. It doesn't tell you whether they're, you know, on the conservative side or the liberal side. It it tells you virtually nothing about them. It doesn't tell you whether they're a good neighbor or going to be a terrible neighbor, uh, a good coworker or a terrible worker, whether they're going to be a good doctor or a bad doctor. And so race is is so unimportant and should be so unimportant in our perception of individuals that we meet in our everyday lives. I believe if you were to ask an average American or 10,000 average Americans, would you rather have a good neighbor or a neighbor who's the same ethnic group as you? I think overwhelmingly the answer would be I'd rather have a good neighbor. Would you rather have a good coworker or a coworker who's the same race as you? I'd rather have a good coworker. Would you rather have a good doctor or a doctor who is the same race as you? Uh, yeah, I think I'll go with a good doctor every time. And that goes for everything. When you think about your mechanic, your plumber, your electrician, your lawyer, you know, uh, your, your friend, your spouse, it's, it's one of the least, if not the least important thing you could possibly know about somebody is what race they are. But it is, but if your job, if your object is to divide the country along racial lines, if you, is to get people vote based on, you want, you, this is the Democrat Party does, you want people to vote based on ethnic loyalty, on racial loyalty, not on, well, is which party is going to do the best for me and my family and, our, and my community? 
then absolutely you want mm-hmm. to hype racial differences and racial to think people have people think on racial lines. Yeah, if you don't if you don't keep voting for us Democrats, then the United States those Republicans they're going to be burning a cross on your lawn. Right. You mean like uh, if some if a candidate were to say if you don't vote for me you ain't black? Yeah, exactly. You mean that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. And and that so that's that so that's the thing going on in the government run schools. We you have this uh essentially pornographic triple X sex education going on in the government-run schools. There are just some recent examples. Is a, a school in, uh, in Florida, they took the kindergartners to a gay bar. Right. School in Kentucky, mm-hmm. they dressed the boys up like scantily clad you know, dancers you'd find in, a, in one of those clubs, giving lap dances to the staff. Right. In the recent election in Virginia, I understand a group wanted to make a TV commercial 11 o'clock at night. So only the parents would see it showing some of the pictures from the children's school books. And the TV station said, we cannot show this stuff. It's too pornographic. And the parents said, "Uh, that's kind of our point. Uh, That's why we want the commercial to run at 11 o'clock at night. And the TV station apparently said, we simply can't do that. It's just it's too out outside the bounds of uh, actually, what the FCC will allow. Actually, it's more likely that the parents will be in bed at eleven a, at eleven p.m. <laughs> and the teenagers are going to be up. I believe they ended up running a commercial saying we wanted to show you the pictures mm-hmm. that were in the school books, and we were not allowed to do so. Yeah. In California, the government-run schools can take your take your children for an abortion or transgender hormone treatment uh, without your consent. Or even knowledge. In California, the new ethnic studies curriculum literally has the children chanting to the Aztec gods of human sacrifice. And, you know, it's diversity. It is. Well, <laughs> it's truly diverse. There are no Aztecs among us anymore, but yeah. we can chant to their gods. <laughs> Interesting. You know, why, why, is it, why is it okay to um, have a, a school team name, the Aztecs, but you wouldn't have a school team name, the Nazis? Well, when the, when the when the Aztecs practiced mass human sacrifice. Well, I think I think there's a difference as a as a sports fan. Let me let me jump in there. Um, the mascot has certain characteristics that you wish to emulate. I mean, a team may be the Bears, and that doesn't mean you want to stand in a freezing river and and hunt salmon with your with your feet, you know. Um, but it represents it still represented courage. It represented a bravery. It represented an independence. Um, well, I, don't buy, and, I don't know how much independence there are in the in the in, in the Aztec in, in, Empire. In the Aztec in, in the Aztec Empire, right? I, but I think there's very little it, independence. It, it may be it may be fictional. Okay, it so may be maybe fictional. the death total. Maybe the death total was was. And this, I think this is this is a. I, the, we're kind of diverting here, but maybe the total—I de- don't—I don't know what the total death toll of the Aztecs was during the time that they were in power, and, and that that number may not even be known. But may and the Nazis may very well have killed more millions of people. The communists may have ki- killed more millions of people. But in terms of you looking at somebody, this this is an appropriate mo- role model. The Aztecs, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> An aggressive militaristic empire that conquered the people around it and then used them for mass human sacrifice. There's okay. no way that yeah. that can be a good model for this, of anything you'd want to emulate. Yes, courage is important, and the Aztec warrior may very well have been courageous. The Nazi warrior may very well have been, in, may well have been courageous, albeit in an evil cause. 
So courage right. in and of itself is not necessarily a, well, yeah, whoever it is, well, I admire their courage. Well, yeah, I'm sure the, the, the 9-11 hijackers well, were courageous. I, that's true. Uh, maybe. I don't, I don't know if they really were. But, um, I, I mean, we have a team. We have the Pittsburgh Pirates, for example. When you think about what pirates did, it's obviously not really worthy of, uh, of mm-hmm. emulation. And the, uh, the Raiders in football, you have the Raiders, and their logo is also clearly a, a buccaneer pirate. In fact, we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, you know, we're, we're talking about mascots. Yeah, I think, again, talking. what we sort of do is we're, we're hoping to isolate a particular uh, trait of those people as an emulation and not the entire lifestyle hopefully that that's what's imagined i I wouldn't horribly object if uh if you know the the buccaneers were to become some other name uh the irony of course is that the names that they do go after native american names are not necessarily offensive it's just description the the seminoles or, or the braves Oh, you know or the indians you know what i mean well and that's and that's something that and this is uh they're teaching the history or the anti-American, anti-Western civilization history, is they're always willing to look at our leaders of the past, our nation as it existed in the times past, and then compare it to what their moral ideal of today is. Right. Or or to some idealized utopia that has never existed. But they never do that for other cultures and civilizations to look at what they were. So... You're what absolutely were, right. What, what were what were the what were the Native Americans like in 1776? Oh, they what, had. What was the Ottoman Empire like right. in 1776? Right. I mean, they had what was slavery. The Mo- what was the Mughal Empire of India in, right. in, in, like in 1776? They had slavery. Or China. They were entirely male-dominated societies. You know, women had no rights. Um, you know, uh, uh, I forget who it was who said. You know, for most of those people, life was nasty, brutish, and short. And it's true. We we have to take that. The, the myth of the noble savage has been around a long time, but it is indeed a myth. Uh, there's a reason why people flock to Western civilization countries, why people come to America and very few want to leave. People come here from all over the world, from Africa, from South America, Central America, from Asia, from Europe. They come here for the better life that is offered. Um, let, let me just point out that when you look at most civilizations, they have a great book. The, they have a book that their knowledge is based on. The Chinese, for example, have the Tao Te Ching and Confucianism. The Muslim societies have the Koran. Some societies don't have any book, but they usually have one at most. Western civilization is a continual development and a continual improvement from, from Socrates through Moses, through Jesus, through, you know, Newton, through Einstein, through the Declaration of Independence, the Magna Carta, all this continuous, continuous development, which no other society really has. We are the the ongoing conversation in most societies. If you go and you ask the farmer in the field, why do you plow the field in a certain way? The answer is always the same. It's because my father did it that way, and his father did it that way, and his father did it that way, and his father did it that way. If you go to a modern Western farmer and say, why do you plow the field this way? He says, well, because we have discovered that the erosion of the soil will be less this way, and with proper fertilization, we can have crop rotations, and there will be a series of rational reasons why it is done that way, because they are improvements over the way it used to be done. There is no other society that is like that. 
only Western civilization, the Judeo-Christian Greco-Roman heritage, which has given rise to us. I often ask people, why do women have rights in our society? And they never did in, in Asian cultures, in the sub-Saharan African cultures, in the Muslim cultures, in Native American cultures. Why do women have rights? And the reason is it's actually traced back to one specific historical event in our history. It's the story that many of you may have heard of the Sabin women, the Sabine women. The Romans uh, were in Italy. They, they were beginning to colonize Italy. And uh, they saw these women, you know, bathing and they carried them off. Right. And took them home. And the Sabines were outraged by this, but they knew the Romans were pretty militarily powerful. So they had to get their army together to, you know, go over there and get their women back. And it took them like a year, a couple of years to get their army together. So they finally got it together and they went over there to attack them and get their women back. And there was ready to be a huge war. And these women said, you know, the Romans, they've treated us okay. They did kidnap us. They treat us okay. We now have children with these men. We were in part of this society. You know, we don't really want to see our brothers and our fathers killing our husbands, you know. And so they went out in the middle of the battlefield and ordered the men to stop fighting, okay, and to come to a peace treaty, which they did. And the men were so impressed with these women and how they had behaved and stopped this war that they decided they would honor these women and some of the ways that they would honor them this is according to plutarch some ways they would honor them is if they came to a door at the same time the men would open the door for the women and let the women go through first if they met them on the sidewalk they would take off their hats as a salute to the women does this all sound familiar mm. okay. these are traditions we still have today and it's all because of that one event. That was the start. The women and their children got to wear a special emblem to show that they were the ones who had prevented the war. And men would not curse in their presence. They would not use vulgarity in their presence. These are traditions we still have today. And it's not because anybody had some great, brilliant thought, but it's because of that historical event. Cultures that do not have that event in their history do not have a tradition of treating women very well. We know that when you look worldwide at how women are treated. Now, much of Western civilization has bled over and been copied by other cultures and women do have more rights. But it's only because of that event approximately 2000 years ago that women well, have rights in our society. Interesting it's story. Important to know. It's important. Inter interesting, to know. interesting story. Which one? Of, one of which I had, I had not heard. And but we are. We need to take a break here, and we need to get to the real point of where we we're trying. I was trying to get us to, which was uh, the School of Choice Initiative, before we diverted into ancient Roman history. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's the, that the, the, this, this, this is the kind of useless information that you get here. I know. I'm just. <laughs> Actually, that, that that is interesting. I'm just not sure that it's entirely due to that. Uh, I think in, in in Jewish culture, I don't think women were as um, oppressed and lacking of any status in the, in, as in as in other cultures. No, but they were and still there, largely even in the, the, the Torah. There are examples of women playing a, playing a lead role. Anyways, that, that's true. Let's hear from our sponsor, All Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of record rolling. We'll go through medieval history after this message. <laughs> When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 
951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. Car Star, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the ancient Roman historian, Doug Hauser. <laughs> interesting, we had an interesting discussion, to say the least, in our last, uh, in our last segment. And, and that was actually something that um, the story of the Sabine woman, there was something that I didn't know. So that's, that, that, was, that, that was interesting. But where, we're t- where I was trying to get us when talking about the government-run schools is I think they're just useless. And not useless. They're worse than useless. But trying to reform them is useless. Is that the power is so diffuse, the interests are so entrenched, the people that think that see critical race theory and triple X sex education and anti-American history are so are so entrenched and embedded in the system that the power is spread over local local school districts, state government, and the federal government. You can't just go in and elect a majority on your local school board, Okay, every, and everything is good at that point because they're still bound by state and federal law. Exactly. exactly. So I've, I, I have long believed that the only answer is school choice, is to let the, let the money follow the child and... Then the parents get to decide where they want to send their children. And at long last, and there's some examples of that in the country that are they're already underway. Uh, but in California, we have a school choice initiative that is now out for signature. And it is, in Ronald Reagan's words, the bold colors version of school choice. That when this is enacted in the ballot in 2022, it will be the, it will be the strongest, most comprehensive of uh, School choice law in America, and you, and I've been involved somewhat, but you and your your wife Jan have been even more involved in that. Uh, what are the what's? Tell us about the school choice initiative. Okay, this will be, as you said, the most comprehensive and a uh, full-fledged version of school choice in any state in the union. And it's basically a very simple plan. Any parent who wishes to, this is true choice. Nobody has to do anything. But if a parent wishes to, they can create an education savings account in their child's name, which is shielded from any other government funding. They can then get their child's share of the Proposition 98 funds for K-12 through education put into that account every year. As of next year, that share will be $14,000 per pupil per year. So there is no tax increase involved here. The money is merely going from state control to parental control, but it's the same money. They can then use that money to send their child to an accredited private or parochial school or to use it to defray certain qualified homeschooling expenses, such as books, computers, tutoring, uh, music lessons, dance lessons, team sports, a, a list of things that most people would agree are scholastic type functions. The real beauty of our plan, which I do not believe is uh, exists in any other state, is that whatever money is not spent out of that account, let's say because you're a homeschooler and homeschoolers may only spend two or three thousand dollars a year, or you send your kid to a parochial school that may cost somewhere between five or six thousand up to ten or eleven thousand dollars a year the money that is not spent 
This is not a voucher. This is a savings account. So that money accumulates. It rolls over year after year. And when the child graduates, that money is available to be their college fund or can be used for any accredited vocational or trade school training. And that benefit stays available to them until they are 30 years old. So a kid who gets out of school and let's say joins the military and does a four-year hitch comes out and says, wow, I really liked working with computers in the military. I, I had no idea that I really liked that. I want to go back to college and get my engineering degree. Whatever money is in their account, they can use it for that purpose. Or your daughter starts a florist business. And in three years, she goes broke and says, wow, I, I know a lot about flowers and how to take care of flowers, but I need to take some business classes. She can take the money that remains in her account and go back and take business classes. So and even then, when the when they turn 30 and the money is uh, going to go back to the government, we've arranged that the money does not go back to the general fund. It goes back to the Prop 98 fund. So it is part of next year's allocations for students' uh, educational savings account. So all the money is used for education, can be used for no other purpose. And that's the basic plan. And of course, the initiative is full of protections. Many people, their immediate reaction is, wait a second, if you're getting the government money, then the government is going to boss you around. And of course, our purpose was not to pass an initiative. Our purpose was to create true school choice and therefore improve education for every student. So the bill has specific clauses in it that says the government or any of its agencies can put curriculum requirements or hiring and firing requirements or disciplinary policy requirements or basically everything we could think of. Um, and there's also a general clause that says no school or student shall be denied eligibility except on the basis of the following things. And of course, those things are you have to be a resident of the state of California. The kid has to be actually attending the school. The school has to be accredited, those sort of basic things. So there are built in protections for the schools. And by this means, we will create true school choice for parents and this will improve the quality of education for every child i'll disagree with greg a little bit in that once these superintendents of education start seeing the students and the money go out the door they will improve the public schools themselves they will take it on themselves to say "Uh oh we're losing kids because of this crazy sex ed let's stop teaching that because even sacramento will say when 30 percent or 40 percent of the kids are gone they're going to have to respond to that because 30% of the money is going to go with them. We shall see. I don't think so. I, th I think that while there, while there are good people in the government-run school system, they, I think they will double down and try. And if we, still have, if, we still have, if we still have 40 or 50 or 60% of the students, then those are the ones that need to be indoctrinated, and we need to find a way to undermine school choice and get, and, 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 and get rid of that. They may, they may try to undermine it, but one thing that will happen we is are, they will lose teachers, too. Because, we are running out, we're running out of time, so we only have a little bit of time left. I believe that getting America's children out of the government-run schools is a national survival issue, and we need people to help us get this on the ballot. This is a volunteer effort, like the recall, getting the recall, Gavin Newsom on the ballot. How can very quickly? How can people get involved in this cause? Go to CaliforniaSchoolChoice.org. CaliforniaSchoolChoice.org. Very easy to remember, and you can sign up to volunteer. You can find out where there are events being held, where you can sign the petitions. Right now, we are we we just collected I think twenty thousand signatures in our first weekend. 
end of, of having the petitions out. So those are available. There are events all over Southern California and moving to Northern California soon uh, for people to sign. And we're looking for more people to get out there and help us collect those signatures. I believe on our website, we have approximately 30,000 people have signed up to help with this effort. And we're looking for more. If we can get 100,000 people, we could ask every person to just go get 20 signatures. That'll get us 2 million and uh, we'll be underway. We only need 1 million verified to pass this. So we're shooting for 2 million. Uh, So help us out in that way. CaliforniaSchoolChoice.org. That's all the time we have this week. Tune in next week for another exciting edition into Roman history. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman from Planet Home Lending and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. If you'd like to own a home and you need financing, or you'd like to refinance a home you already own, whether that's in California or one of these escape from California states, Arizona, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, Texas, Arkansas, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, Ohio, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, or Montana, I'm the guy you want to talk to. Or if you'd like to inquire into the one of the most liberating financing tools for seniors, a reverse mortgage, you want to talk to someone who will guide you towards decisions based on your best interest, not theirs. Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. My team and I will lead you to the best decision for you based on your short-term and your long-term goals. Again, for more information, call me at 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. AM 590, the answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.